Liam in, I'm going to take that Civic Center apart, and then we're all going to be over at Rodeo, woo, driving the women wild. Miami Beach, get ready. Woo, we are doing, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Jerry tells the jokes, Dean sings the songs, and gets the girl. But one time I wrestled a giraffe to the ground with my bare hands. I've been called the songbird of my generation by people who've heard me. Honey, do you think KFC's still open? What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will McKay, associate editor over at RedRaiderSports.com, joining you guys from the good old LBK as always. And across the way, we got my man, Matt Clare, holding it down. What's up, Matt? Come on, man. You said associate editor. You didn't call me a recruiting analyst. It's really important. Crutin analyst. Can, Crutin I, analyst. can I change your title to specifically Crutin analyst and take off I'm, the R&E? I'm doing well. I've been, ana- I've been analyzing some recruiting over here, so it's going well. Well, we got to get, get hip with the kids, and it's got to be Crutin. Okay. Because that, that that that's better for uh, for the pub pub and, and and the youths as they say they they would they would relate to that more you know. Okay. Well, it's your call. <laughs> All right. It's your well, call. All right. You're the recruiting analyst. We'll, okay. We'll say that from now on. But uh, how you doing, man? You doing all right? I'm doing good. Uh, just staying busy and uh, yeah, just excited to be on another podcast. It's uh, it's not good coming off of uh, a loss. We always knew that with the boards, but yep. Uh, you know, hopefully we can just kick the tires for a sec and maybe move on to uh, move on to this week because it's only week two. It's not time to, to yep. end the season just yet. Yeah, no, and and that was going to be my point is that this this thing from last week, this abomination, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's been combed over and over and over again by me, by you, by by everybody. So, uh, just want to say, like I said, it's week two. We'll kind of see because I guess, I guess my point was that in week one, and I wrote about this several times this week. In week one against SFA, I saw fundamental football. I saw play well. I saw you know, physical play, and then I saw all that against Arizona State until that fourth or fifth drive, and then all that went out the window. So the question to me is, for me, is just that. You know, if they play fundamental football, they'll be okay. I think it'll be different. If they don't, it won't. So it's that simple for me. Don't want to talk a lot about it, but uh, as you said, you know, only week two, and and you may look back at this, this game and be like, well, that was a weird game by the end of the year, because how many of those have we seen in the past, you know, where you think week two or three, you think something is, is set in stone, and at the end of the year, you look back on it and just, you're, you, you know, you kind of laugh about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be laughing about this one. The only thing I'll say is, is I watched that game from beginning to end, and I even, I even rewatched it, um, you know, later in the week. Uh, still one of the the most odd games I've ever watched. It was very and, odd. And I agree. Yeah, at times I felt like, um, you know, for better or for worse, right? I'm not making any uh, comparisons or judgments here, but you know, it's uh, I'm old. I'm 33 now, so I don't I don't I don't play around the old Xbox anymore. But when I do, I feel like God. I mean, what am I doing anymore? So whoever I'm playing, <laughs> either either they're no good as well, and we just score a bunch of points, or they score a bunch of points on me, and it's score, score, score. And that's what it felt like. I mean, it, you couldn't blink. Um, you know, they had a couple of drives where it was boom, 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 and you know, you love to see that from the offense, but then on the other side on defense, it's just you were you're trying to watch things, and, and like you had said. Until you watch it again, you can't see some of those um, some of those errors being made at the second level of the defense. And I know I know those guys are young, and um, you know I'm going to chalk it up to two things. You know, some of that inexperience, yeah. uh, but also being on the road. And you know, I don't. I, I wish I could credit them on the podcast, but I think I mentioned this to you. I, I, I guess I just saw one poster that would mention, you know, that that even at home. And even giving up 55 points, I mean, Arizona State had to play a pretty flawless game. And every uh, to, and, and tell me, win. tell me that every break imaginable didn't go their way in that game. Oh, I know every bounce, the the punt rolls, all that, and then I think the safety that should know, have been an offsides call. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, there were a lot of just weird breaks in that game. There were. Because think about this, Tech got him to, to third down 16 times, which when you looked at initially, you're like, oh, wow, got him to third down 16 times. You must be playing really good defense. 
Well, no, because then you gave up nine conversions on third on on third right. down. So right. it, it, it's like you were there, and that was the weird thing because it's like you were there a lot of the times, like getting them off the field, and then you just allow another first down. So it, it was just a really weird deal. Well, I know. So I know the 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 last kind of thing we wanted to mention, and and again, it's no excuse, and and hopefully, it's something after a week two versus you know after week ten a rust or, deal, or yeah. so that they can they can work out. But I think Cliff made the comment that after that roughing the passer negated the turnover, which you know would have would have definitely well, was admittedly tilted. a big swing play. Yeah, and and I think that. Even you said you talked to some of the players this week in availability, and they admitted that uh, they admitted that that they let that get to them, and that they regret that. I mean, maybe you could add some more detail there, but again, I mean, that's that's kind of what's going to happen early in the season, and sure. you know, when you have some youth and inexperience along the the defensive roster. I, I think what you're, I think on defense, what you're still trying to figure out, and, and what I've kind of pieced together is, I think they're still trying to figure out who who kind of the guys are on this defense that are going to be your vocal leaders. Because while I think you look at guys like Jay Sean and you look at Braden and, and Andre as guys that I think on the field are leaders, is I, I don't know that you necessarily have a vocal voice on that defense that is really kind of the guy that everybody gravitates toward. I think there's still some of these seniors and juniors still kind of trying to figure that out. And that's part of it. And, and Keenan Ward talking to him this week, he had, you know, he said that to me that, you know, he said, you look, look, I should have, you know, as the senior out there, kind of the older guy, the veteran, I should have been the guy that got on, just to put it bluntly, that I should have been the guy that got on everybody's ass, and I should have, you know, uh, been the guy that didn't let that happen, but but I did, and and, and got to move on from it, and I made a mistake. So I think they're learning from a lot, and, and I think that. You'll see them try try to put their best foot forward this weekend. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think that they're really trying to make a statement this weekend, and, and they really had a good week of practice from everything I heard. So uh, I think that's all you can do at this point. So we'll see what happens this weekend, man. Yeah, you have to put it behind you. I mean, like I said, we're we're recording Only this on a Wednesday, yeah. and so Only. people will listen to it on Thursday, and that's just going to how it's going to have to to happen during the week. We can't really spend. Uh, 15, 20 minutes talking about the the old game, whether no, it's can't. a win or a loss. So we're going to move on, and uh, I know you've had a chance yeah. to to connect with. We've been trying to be very consistent with this on the podcast, is connecting with the uh, the expert from the the opponent for the week. And I know you talked with our uh, Law Tech affiliate uh, earlier this week. Yeah, man, I uh, I got with Jonathan Jonathan Ford, who uh, runs Bleed uh, Bleed Tech Blue, which is the the Law Tech site for rivals and. Uh, I think you ask anybody, he's kind of the guy that if, if you really want to know what's going on with Law Tech, he's kind of the insider that, that really knows everything that's going on and has a, a real kind of pulse on the program. So, so yeah, you know, I got to talk to him uh, earlier this week and just kind of get his feel for the matchup and, and, and ask him a couple questions. And so, uh, you know, here's a, here's a good little bit of audio for, for me talking to him and hope you guys, uh, again, enjoy getting to listen to me talk to him. What's up, everybody? This is Will McKay with RedRaiderSports.com. And I know you guys are getting excited about third game of the year this weekend coming up as the Red Raiders are going to take on Louisiana Tech on, on Saturday night here in Lubbock for the second home game of the year and final non-conference game of the year. So, uh, you know, being people that uh, admittedly don't know a ton about Louisiana Tech and know, you know, you guys probably don't know a ton about them either, decided to Get us our own little expert on here, and that'd be Jonathan Ford, publisher over at BleedTechBlue.com, who is the uh, Louisiana Tech expert for us over at Rivals. So uh, so first off, man, I guess, uh, how's it going? How's your week going? I guess just kind of everything like that. It's going great, man. I really appreciate you joining us on Bleed Tech Blue Radio for last sure. night. Uh, you had some you had some really good stuff to, to, to tell about the, the Red Raiders, and also your, your, your question and answer piece for me. Uh, great knowledge and, and great stuff. I appreciate that, man, for sure. And uh, anytime I can help anybody like y'all out, man, always uh, very happy to. And uh, know the same for you. So uh, I guess even before you know, we kind of got into the game itself, uh, wanted to kind of get into you with you know, had a little coaching swap here over the off season. You know, for, for the two teams, which is kind of you know the interesting deal here, where. Uh, you know, our, our, you know, Kevin Curtis ends up back out there, and uh, and now you know you guys kind of swap us, and and we got Carl Scott out at Tech now. So, so I guess just kind of what was your thought on that, and uh, you know, like I said, with with that swap and where things are at now, it really was kind of surprising, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Carl Scott had been at Louisiana Tech a very short time, well, maybe two years. Uh, Skip Holtz hired him out of Southeast Louisiana. 
Um, so it was it was kind of surprising. And then uh, Kevin Curtis, always a pretty good coach at Louisiana Tech, right. and he comes back uh, after after leaving to go to Texas Tech, his alma mater. Uh, it, just an interesting you know, turn of events totally there. Um, but, yeah, Kevin's been doing a really good job of the corners. Uh, he's got three three transfers to work with right now, one cool. from uh, Houston Baptist, one from uh, uh, Arizona State, ironically, and cool. then one from uh, uh, Oregon State. Cool. And, and I guess, obviously, we know all about, you know, about Kevin and, and what he's about, but uh... – I guess for somebody that kind of got to work around Carl Scott and, you know, see him for two years and, and now as far as, you know, you know out of tech, you know, primarily we've kind of gotten to see what he's done on the recruiting trail, which uh, he's done really, really well out here at, at Texas Tech. He's got five guys committed as far as DBs that, that you know, he's kind of the, the, the head headhunter on of guys in, you know, whether it be Houston, Dallas or whatever. So uh, just, just kind of what do you think about, you know, Coach Scott and your time around him whenever he was out there at La Tech? He's a very genuine guy, good recruiter, um, and, and that's what you've seen from him so far. I mean, his genuineness is really what what makes him such a good recruiter. Everybody trusts him. The, the uh, especially on the on the recruiting trail, the, right. the families really trust him. Um, so that's and that's and that's the, the key to, to recruiting in today's day and age. You're everybody's got similar stuff, so you just got to build better relationships and build better connections with the players. Uh, because that's that's really the key. Right, right. And I think that's been, you know, the most impressive thing with me and, and kind of getting to know him and what he's about is he's 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 pretty relentless as a recruiter, but he's also uh, very bluntly honest, not in a bad way, but I think in a good way that I think kids really respond to him. And uh, I think he's also done a great job of, you know, evaluating some talent because all five of these kids that they've got committed as far as DBs are guys that uh, everybody else around the conference has kind of taken notice of and several have offered. So that's going to be the thing I've been most impressed with is, is first, like I said, you know, how he kind of approaches recruiting and, and, and then also him, him as a talent evaluator. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he's a, definitely a very good recruiter. Uh, Louisiana Tech takes a little bit of a different approach when it comes to recruiting. They, they really team recruit right, uh, okay. most ev- most every every recruit. So it was hard to know exactly it, who he was ex- completely responsible for. I mean, they all had their areas, of course, um, but when they when it comes to bringing them on campus, the, the position coaches got a lot to do with it. The, the area recruiters got a lot to do with it. And really, every every coach tag teams every every um, cool. okay. every prospect. So uh, he was definitely a very good recruiter, like I said. But uh, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly the kids that he was really responsible for because of how how well they were able to team recruit. And Sam went for Jabbar Jaluk. I mean, of right. course he uh, before he he was at Texas Tech for a hot second. Um, he he was a good recruiter for for the New Orleans area, for of sure. course. But uh, they still team recruited even his his area down there, even with his contacts in New Orleans. Cool. And uh, and just kind of I guess one more thing on, on Coach Scott is you know being around him you know he's a guy that's on you know in his late twenties and a lot younger I think a lot of people realize and just kind of his trajectory from my perspective is that he's going to be a guy I think that that's probably you know a DC or is that a big time school here pretty soon sooner rather than later anyway. Yeah, I think that that's what really where Skip Holt saw him at Louisiana Tech is the day that Blake Baker the Manny Diaz protege uh, moved on. Uh, Skip Holtz likes to pr- promote from within, so right. he really saw that Carl Scott may have been his next defensive coordinator. Right. Um, but that's that's not how things work down in, in that business. You you don't know how long you're going to be at a, at a place, and especially at a Group of Five level, and you're 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 gonna you've got to maximize your earning potential while you can. For sure. So that, I mean, that, and that's ultimately what what Carl Scott did. Cool, cool, good deal. And uh, I guess we'll just kind of get up into uh, you know this matchup. And first off, just kind of wanted to. Ask you what you think about uh, the Bulldogs here through two games. Obviously, the first game, a uh, close one against Alabama, and then uh, last Arkansas. weekend, yeah, yeah, I played, uh, you know, FCS, uh, South Carolina State. So, so what's just kind of your thoughts on, on just kind of how the season's gotten started as a whole and where things are kind of at? Sure. That, the, the game at Arkansas was was uh, was really – it was a lot better than anybody expected. I think Vegas had it as a 26-point line. Uh, Louisiana Tech rolled in there with a, with a redshirt freshman quarterback after Ryan Higgins was was – uh, not he, Holtz refused to use the word suspended, but right. was not allowed to start at at Arkansas. Um, they really went pretty. They they game planned around uh, Jamar Smith's abilities and, and really did a good job at it. I mean, and, and Arkansas wasn't going to show their show all their hand uh, against Louisiana Tech in game one when they've got the entire SEC West schedule ahead of them. Um, so they 
they didn't know what to expect from Jamar Smith either. And and really, Tech just got rid of the ball. They did the quick passing game and uh, kept everything uh, in in the in the flats. And he only threw the ball downfield a couple of times, but that that ended up working well for the Bulldogs. Um, of course, the, the missed field goal here, uh, a call there, there here or there, and that's a different ball game. Louisiana Tech's coming right. away with a, with an upset win. Um, but uh, then last week, uh, Ryan Higgins returns uh, or not returns. He hadn't played since 2013 was a, as a redshirt mm-hmm. freshman. Um, but he he gets his first start of the year, and he he really came out flat. The, the fan base has kind of rallied behind Jamar Smith after right. his that surprising start uh, at Arkansas, and, and and it's one of those interesting things. With, with fans don't know the whole big picture, and that and that's why they're that's why a fan is short for fanatic, I suppose. And, and they <laughs> they they don't necessarily see that they he doesn't have the whole playbook execution wise down pat. He's only a redshirt freshman. Ryan Higgins is a redshirt senior. He's got, he's been in the playbook since uh, since Skip Holtz arrived. Um, right. Has watched a guy like Cody Suckle from the Big Ten for the Iowa transfer uh, come in here and start in front of him. And then, of course, last year Jeff Driscoll transferred in from Florida. Uh, had a great year, but but Ryan Higgins really was outperforming Jeff Driscoll last fall uh, before uh, he got. A, I think it was an elbow injury, and then I think he caught mono in the middle of the year, oh, okay. the season. Uh, so he really was playing well last year, but there's something about Higgins that uh, that this that I don't know if it's the fan base just doesn't like him or what it is. It's, it's kind of a strange dynamic, to be totally honest. I don't, right. I can't really wrap my head around it. Uh, but but Higgins is it's got an uphill battle, especially when it comes from the from the fan base. It's, in, it's Saturday, he started out slow, and I think he was kind of in his own head, was mm-hmm. trying to go out and prove everybody that uh, that he is he's he's got the he's got the goods, uh, and was pressing. Threw a threw one pick uh, when it was third and eighteen. Holt said he was okay with that one, um, and then it, there was one late in the first half where he tried to, to force something in the end zone into double coverage. He got picked, and, and Holt was not okay with that one. That really was was Ryan Higgins' uh, kryptonite as a as a redshirt freshman. As he turned the ball over a lot, so that's right. that that's what people had flashbacks to was his redshirt freshman year of him turning the football over. Uh, but he came back back in the second half and really uh, took control of the game, and they they scored. I think three straight touchdowns to put the game out of out of reach, and then J. Moore Smith came in, and then the, the Price Wilson, the, the third string quarterback, right. came in as well. Cool. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Ryan Higgins is is a is a good quarterback. He's he's got to stay within his within the system and not try to make too many plays. He's not he's not a superstar, but as a redshirt senior, you know he 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 sees things that that uh, a lot of guys aren't going to see early in their careers. Uh, but going getting away from a quarterback, you you the return of a veteran offensive line. Um, four of the five guys have started at one point or another at, at Louisiana Tech. The, the right guard was a center two years ago. He missed last year to an injury, uh, so he didn't start last year. But the the rest of the guys started last year as a, as a group. And then, of course, right tackle is the is is the question mark of, among that group. We've seen Josh Outlaw, the former Red Raider, there. Right. Um, seen a seen a Navarro junior college guy, G. White Stallworth, playing there. But but really. Uh, a, re- a redshirt sophomore, I believe, is what he is. Uh, Shane Carpenter ha- has gotten that start and has and has looked pretty good, but it's, they, they just don't have enough consistent play out of that position, so they kind of rotate there. Makes um, sense. At running back, of course, they lose. They lost uh, Kenneth Dixon to who. The, I'll, it, I'll just tell you, I have a man crush on that dude from how he played throughout his career, man. He's a monster. He he plays a uh, 150 percent every single down. Um, his durability will come into question because of uh, how many how much tread life there is left on his tires. I mean, he started as a, as a true freshman and, of course, started for four years. Has, I don't know how exactly how many carries he had in his career, but that, that's that's got to come into to be a concern for the for the NFL. Um, but but running back Jared Kraft is on a hot in Louisiana, right down I twenty from from Ruston, and uh, has has really had a good year going into fall camp. Skip Holtz thought he had a a running back by committee kind of situation, but Jared Kraft emerged and and took the job as his own uh, with Boston Scott and Jacquees Dancy, um, along with a guy, a guy, local guy named Bobby Holly that that walked on and earned a scholarship, uh, who's kind of the fullback, the the, the short yardage back uh, for Louisiana Tech. And really, Jared Kraft's not a small guy; he's about six one, two twenty. So he's he's no he's no small fry. Um, but but Bobby Holly's their their bruiser at about. Six one six two two forty, 
he'll line up as a fullback, some H back. Gotcha. Um, and and even put his hand in the dirt at, at tight end if, if need be. Well, uh, cool. Tech's really multiple multiple on offense. Right. And they, you know, they'll throw a little bit of everything at you. And uh, I, I guess my question is is to you. I mean, are they going to throw it first? I mean, run it because it just seems like there's a pretty big disparity for me. Just looking at stats and what I've watched as far as they just kind of want to throw it to uh, Trent Taylor and a couple other guys mostly. You know, that's that's really what they've done early is is throwing it a lot, and, and I think that's because he's Coach Holtz is, is isn't real sure about his depth at running back. Okay, uh, they have they have Jared Kraft right now, but Boston Scott's kind of nicked up Jacquees Dancy was in a boot today at practice when I was out there so they don't expect him to go at all he hadn't gone at all yet um so he's he's the number three running back and so then your your fourth is Bobby Holly who was a fullback going into fall camp and then they're like oh we got some injuries let's let's see what this kid's got handing the ball to him he was played tight end in high school uh, but he's turned out to be uh, been turned out to be a little bit of a jewel that Louisiana Tech didn't know what they had on the on the roster um so uh, that, that's I think that has a little bit to do with it they, they do throw the ball to the out of to running backs out of the backfield a whole lot I think that's a, that's actually an interesting matchup to watch in this game Saturday. Good deal, and uh, just kind of overall defensively, real quick. I guess what do you think that you know the Bulldogs are going to try to do this weekend, and and maybe who are you know one or two players that that you think uh, the Red Raiders should look out for? The the players to look out for, without a doubt, uh, safety. Xavier Woods. He's he's on lots of, of draft watch lists. Is was one of the top safeties in the country. Uh, out of West Monroe High School, a powerhouse program here in Louisiana. Um, you look at corner at Prince Sam, that Houston Baptist transfer that I alluded to earlier. Uh, he re- he really has done a good job of playing a lot of press coverage, and he's got a big body of 6'2", 205. Um, kind of surprising for an FCS transfer, but um, he's got a big old body for, for a corner. Um, at, at defensive line, uh, Deldrick Canty at, at, one, at D end is, has had a good year, and he's kind of outshadowing the freshman All-American uh, Jay Ferguson on the opposite side of him, but Jay's Jay's had a had, has had his hands full early on in his his uh, redshirt sophomore season, uh, going up against Arkansas in, in week one, and then South Carolina State, believe it or not, has a original Clemson transfer, or Clemson signee, pardon me, at at left tackle, and it's really it, it was the Senior Bowl was out to look at him and uh, Carlos, uh, not Carlos Henderson, but Trent Teller and um, Xavier Woods. So the, the three of those guys were on the field, and in the, the left tackle had. Jay Ferguson's number last week, so uh, he's a pass rushing specialist. Jay Ferguson is, um, so that's that's somebody to watch. Uh, the linebackers, of course, you've got two Big Twelve transfers and uh, Dalton Santos from Texas and uh, uh, Jordan sure. Harris from uh, from Iowa State. So those are probably four guys to uh, see, to keep an eye out for. Cool, good deal. And uh, I guess schematically, what's kind of the word, and, and what do you think they'll try to do to uh, slow down, you know, Mahomes and Tech's passing attack? Uh, is is that even possible? Is is, the, is probably so the far first. not, but we'll see. <laughs> That's probably the biggest question: is is that even possible? But yeah, schematically, they, they call it a four three, but it's truly a four two five. Gotcha. Um, their their Sam linebacker is a is a is a safety. He's a glorified safety. He, he's okay. even in the safeties room with with the defensive coordinator Blake Baker. So you can call it a four three all you want, but uh, let's let's just call a spade a spade. It's a four two five. Um, and that's Lloyd Grogan. Lloyd Grogan's a had some power five offers out of high school out of uh, South Louisiana, Morgan City Catholic. Um, he really can, or Morgan City Central Catholic, I should say, um, can really can really run. Uh, lick. Uh, it's it's just it's. There's a lot of players on that defense that that have lots of ability. They and they've and they've had some decent. I mean, you you hold an offense like Arkansas to his, to under 300 yards, you, you obviously have some skill. The the concern mostly on defense is there is the interior with with missing the. The former Texas Tech commit Courtney Wallace to a right. uh, a broken bone in his foot, even had to have surgery on it. They're 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 hoping to have him back maybe by, by next week. But uh, even Holtz mentioned it early in his Monday press conference that if it doesn't if he doesn't come back soon, they may just end up red, giving him a medical redshirt. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so uh, missing missing that big body in the middle is is something Tech's uh, surely lacking. Uh, the rest of their D tackles are, are they're all about three ten or less, so they don't have any any space eaters. In there, um, so that's that's something to watch as well. I got you, cool. And and finally, man, I guess just just uh, what's kind of your your thoughts on the game this weekend overall, and how you kind of see it playing out, and, and like I said, just kind of your overall thoughts. You know that some of those one of those matchups that I didn't even talk about receivers a little while ago with Trent Taylor, the slot receiver, 
um, that that really he he gets his against just about everybody. I guess. Um, and you well, look Cliff at Carlos loves Anderson him. I'll just tell you that Cliff gushed about him all week. So I would say that's a good sign. I, there, <laughs> uh, there's there's no reason not to not to like him. I I haven't seen him get covered by anybody um, in in the last two years. In his first couple of years. Of course, he did. He's a true freshman and a true sophomore. But um, as a as a junior and a senior now, I don't, I haven't seen anybody really be able to cover him. Uh, so that's and when if you look at the linebackers for for Texas Tech and as young as they are, um, that that and then you you even mentioned it to to me, uh, Will that that David Gibbs likes to for his defense to keep it in front of him. I don't know right. how you defend a guy uh, like Trent Taylor by letting him letting him get uh, get open in a, in a zone. Uh, he may eat your lunch, um, so that that is something to that's something to watch. And there's and there's even a guy named uh, Cam McKnight, an inside receiver that many were looking at as a running back, had to reclassify because he was going to age out in the state of Louisiana for uh, to play football. Um, Tennessee had him was looking at him as a running back, and he's a six a six three two hundred fifteen pound guy. Um, look, he he likes to to roam the middle of the field like those those guys with that, that size body do. Um, but it, I I really think this could be a shootout. I, I really and truly do. Um, I, I predicted 40, 52, 47 Texas Tech. Um, so I, it, it could be crazy, to be totally totally frank. Yep. Um, I, I think that, that Louisiana Tech's going to be able to move the ball on the Red Raiders. I, I have concerns whenever it gets in the red zone, missing a guy like Kenneth Dixon uh, of punching it in. I mean, that's where those bend but don't break defenses like David Gibbs likes to run uh, really come into – that's where they come into their own is in the red zone because they got a, a condensed field and they can, uh, they can run around and make plays. Um, so that that's where Louisiana Tech can't settle for for three against a, a, a team like Texas Tech with uh, Pat Mahomes on the other side of the ball. Um, defensively, I, I I don't know what to expect for for Louisiana Tech, but I don't know that anybody knows what to expect whenever they're going up against that that offense. Uh, so, like I said, I just see it, I see it as a as a as a uh, as a shootout. And and if if Louisiana Tech can by some some fashion get some three and outs from uh, from Texas Tech and and get some punts. Uh, you got to look out. This this game could, could get a little bit more interesting. Yeah, no doubt. I I think you hit it pretty close nail on the head there. So uh, so once again, thanks so much, Jonathan, for coming on for us. And like I said, guys, if you're listening out there, that's Jonathan Ford from BleedTechBlue.com. And again, thanks so much for coming on, man. You bet, buddy. So so yeah, you know, like I said again, thanks so much to Jonathan for for really you know giving us the details on, on Louisiana Tech. Nobody does it better and. Uh, will be interesting to see how this thing turns out and, and 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 what this turns into because if if you ask me and I and I've had a hard time because I and I've done several radio shows and people have kind of asked me what I thought about Texas defense and where you go from here and that's really the question and I don't know exactly how to answer that you know I, I don't know what it where where it goes from here because. In week one, regardless of it being SFA, I saw good things. I saw fundamental things. I saw, I saw things that were encouraging that looked like steps in the right direction for this defense. So, like, like just 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 positives that I was like, wow, they're going to actually make some progress this year. And then against ASU, it just kind of falls. You know, the bottom falls out in the second half and late in the second quarter. So. I have no idea how it's going to go against LaTeX. I do know that they don't run it a lot. They kind of are multiple with some pro style and spread stuff. So they don't, and they don't run with a quarterback. They don't do any zone read stuff. So it, it'll be pretty straight up as far as just running it or and passing it. So I, I just can't get a real read on it. But but I, I mean, I think I like the matchup on paper. Well, I think I I think. You know, forgetting SFA and, and even looking at ASU, the only thing, other thing that we'll say, it was just the first time on the road. It was night game. You know, I, I'm not, none of these are excuses. They're just different variables. And I think when you come home uh, and, and you get it's comfort, a, an it's opponent. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think Cliff addressed it head on. I mean, he, he even listed from A&M, Houston. I mean, he's like, he's always had a tough game against La Tech so he's not letting anybody take them lightly and for sure you know, I think I think a lot of these guys I mean there's you know we we talk about it in the offseason how oh they've got this guy and he's coming back and that guy I mean we could list the names out but you know I'm sure they're pretty pissed off about what had happened and um you know if, if you just look at the example we had discussed beforehand about how you know the momentum of of that uh roughing the the passer call and the guys kind of let that get to them yada 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 
Well, I would imagine at home if the same scenario happened, yeah, you know, it might be able to get to them, but you're at home. I mean, you got the crowd and, behind and, you. You got all of the they're they're generating energy for you. At that yeah, point. and you're chilling a little bit. So, I mean, that that's going to play a big factor. And also, I just think that, um, like you had said, I, I think that there were some there were some personnel issues, and there's a lot of you know players with inexperience. And so, you know, bring them back to a familiar place, uh, coach them up this week, see what you can fix. I mean, again, it's week two, going into week three. Um, everything you said about Law Tech and everything that that Jonathan shared with us, I mean, that that bodes well, right? I mean, I know a lot of people look ahead to Big Twelve play. A lot of people look ahead to certain teams with huge running backs, or like you had said, quarterbacks that can move it with their feet. Which is what Wilkins are, was last week, yeah. And that that's just things that Texas Tech, going back to years ago, for fifteen just, years, yeah, <laughs> haven't been really good at. Is especially you know it, going back to the days when Iowa State's quarterback was my man know, Seneca running, Wallace, yeah, running it around. I mean, so they've never quite had an answer for that. Um, but I guess what I will say is, just after hearing you say and and kind of hearing what Jonathan had to say, I mean. I think if they can play the zone, I think if the guys up front can get some pressure, I don't know how much uh, you know experience or depth the O line for Law Tech yeah, has. Yeah, they're pretty experienced. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup. And you look at, I mean, these guys played uh, Arkansas close, and you know, then they they beat up on a, a weaker South opponent, Carolina State. Yeah, you know, last week like they were supposed to. So you know, I know they're coming into Lubbock, and I know that won't be easy for Law Tech. But I mean, I just think that this team. Um, it's going to definitely be a test, and it's kind of a uh, – these programs are very going to be very familiar with one another, at least defensively, because you have Coach Curtis, who was, uh, who was let go line, yeah. from Tech and went back to Law Tech, and then as uh, Jonathan touched on, he answered some questions about Tech's new coach, uh, where they just basically swapped jobs, uh, Coach Carl Scott. And so I guess as you were talking to him, what, what were some of your ta- – I mean, we've gotten to know Coach Scott. We've, yeah covered it he's actually been doing well on the recruiting trail for tech what, what were your impressions of what jonathan had to say yeah i just think that and and what jonathan said i think he was pretty impressed with him and, and i've talked to jonathan about him a little bit before and uh was super impressed with him and i know that i think even that skip holtz who obviously you know is the head coach out at out at law tech duh, i don't know why i said that but um but but I think he was really kind of hoping that Carl Scott would stay around and maybe kind of be the DC in waiting for down the road. So I think that people that know a lot about Coach Scott, I think are very impressed with him for how young he is because he's not even thirty yet, and I think he's just a really you know fast rising star in, in in coaching as far as on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, so yeah, I think just super impressed with him and recruiting. So. Uh, I know he said that that basically, you know, between Jabbar Jaluk and 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 Coach Scott, those were kind of their two ace recruiters last year. So, um, so yeah, I, I think just really impressed with where things are going, um, you know, with Coach Scott for the future. But uh, but yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and get to it, and I'll just get your thoughts on. I guess I'll kind of share my thoughts on the game first, then I'll let you kind of you know delve into what you think. I think that, um, I, I think that. Offensively, until someone does, until they don't score fifty points at home, I just think they're going to because they've done it seven times in a row now, and just think that that trend will will continue. I, I don't think that La Tech is going to do anything to stop that. I, I, I think that they have some nice pieces in their secondary that I like that are guys that have transferred in, um, but I, I still just think that Tech's probably going to have their way because that's just how good good this this passing game is for the Red Raiders. So. Um, so yeah, I, I think they'll score fifty plus points, and it'll just come down to what this defense decides to do. Um, I guess yeah, what kind of mentality they go in with? Because, like I said, they're not a team that's going to run the ball much, but they've got a dynamic playmaker in the slot in Trent Taylor, who is basically kind of an All American candidate. That is, you're like, and I know it's 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 like a it's like a cliche, but he really does play like Wes Welker, Amendola, those kind of guys in the slot. And he's he has like double the targets and almost double the yardage of any other receiver for La Tech. So it'll be a lot about how accurate is Ryan Higgins for those guys and what he does. So so for me, I'm going to say Tech wins. And I've kind of gone back and forth on the number, but I'm going to say uh, something like 55-35 is kind of what I'm thinking. Uh you say 55 or 65? 50, 55, uh, 35. Yeah. Uh, 
I didn't really have a score in mind because I was so 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 very wrong last week. Yeah, so, me too. But I was like, I mean, I, people will so, want one, so I'll give one. We were all wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're gonna do it anyway. Um, so I just really hadn't thought of a score. Uh, but you're right. Until someone does not allow them to score fifty, you know, it's hard to say that they, you know, will not. Like, have um, you ever heard of any, like anyone? I I would guess that they're getting close to some kind of record for points at home because I've just never in my life heard of someone scoring 50 at home seven times in a row. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it. I just don't want to be the one to have to do that homework. But, yeah, me but either. You, yeah. you might be right. Um, maybe our maybe our man AD can, can get out the old TI-83 and uh, work his magic. Man, TI-83 reference. This is a this is a good podcast now. Yeah, boy. Uh, anyway, but uh, no, I don't know. I, maybe I'll punt on this, but definitely okay. over 50 for Tech. But I don't know. I'm not – it's hard for me to say – it's hard for me to say at home – that they, you know, I know that, you know, we listened to Jonathan. You told me a little bit more about La Tech. I haven't watched them. All I know is is that they played Arkansas very well, but we also know that Arkansas definitely doesn't spray the ball around the field either. And they get too often, and they typically get off to a slow start at the beginning of the season every but, single year. But we also know that they just put together a hell of a performance in Fort Worth and they did absolutely team. So I, I don't know. I mean, um, it's in Lubbock, so I do favor Tech. I will say that, um, but. Until I know kind of who's healthy and who's going to play on that side of the ball, it's hard for me to say that it won't be a, a nail biter type of game. And that's you know for me coming into this every week now. I've, I think I've made comment of this on the board this week as well. That's just that's what you have. This offense is very good, uh, maybe better than than what we're accustomed to seeing. Just on a uh, if you look long term and historically, and they're going to continue to put up points. Now, if the defense obvious, I, I don't want to be Captain Obvious, but if they can get some turnovers and really kind of let the offense put the 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 foot on the gas, if you will, and and run the score a little bit, then then that can change things. However, I just I don't know. I mean, I believe it when I see it, right? Yeah. I mean, just don't have any evidence. For we, sure. we kept saying that last week on the podcast, and oh, uh, we know it's SFA, and you know, blah blah. Well, man, you knew it wasn't SFA after the first quarter yep, because it was it was pretty clear that that it was way different. And I guess and yeah, inter- that's another thing we knew, but still, I mean, you you. You're just – I've never watched a football game where I knew the other team was, was going score. to score. Yeah. And I knew that it was a matter of like four or five plays, right? So it didn't matter. Like that little linebacker – or I'm sorry, running back and then the quarterback. I mean they were just kind of patiently waiting and these giant holes would open up. And it's just like, oh, you know. So I don't hey, know. But the weirdest deal was that it wasn't because of your defensive line. It's because it's – because just to be honest, your linebackers were out of position. So True. That, that's going to be and the that's same a, guys though this yeah. week. That's why I guess that's the only reason it yeah. came up. And so um, don't want to let's. How about this? My prediction is is not a scoring prediction, but they will not uh, make a star out of anyone. They will not vaunt anyone into the Heisman okay. race this right. week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, so I think I'm going to go with that. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's a safe bet. I I just think that. And, and I mean, you never know, but but I mean, just whenever there's there's a lot of controversy in in Rustin with their fan base as far as Ryan Higgins being the starting quarterback. I know that they fans really don't want him to start, and they didn't like what they because he didn't like I said he didn't start against Arkansas, and they only lose twenty one twenty, and then that South Carolina State game that I think they give up quite a few points and he threw two first half picks and it was pretty close I think going into halftime so I think that they just are kind of fed up with him so I just wonder what that kid does uh coming out to Lubbock and you know what's going to be a really big game that Tech has to win you know and and has to kind of try to get back uh, it has to be a get right game for them so I I just don't know I I think that I think if Tech can get some some early turnovers, and the offense is running running on running on all cylinders, you could get out to a big lead, and then it's kind of all she wrote from there. But that's what I think that's what they need to do. So so yeah, I, I'll I'll say right now fifty five thirty five, and I will guess uh, that may change whenever we give our prediction. Fifty five to fifty five to like forty eight wouldn't. Wouldn't surprise you either. No, it wouldn't. But I think that would make me just go, "Oh God," you know, yeah. where I was like, "Yep, it's going to be that year." So, and and that'll be that'll be the just kind of to, to finish my thoughts on it. That'll be my kind of judgment on what this year is going to be. 
truly, like, because we'll be three games in. I think three games in, you can start kind of making some real assumptions about what, yeah. Yeah, about what you've got. So, um, it's fair. I, I think that if if you only give up, you know, twenty eight to thirty, and a lot of and some of that's garbage time points, and you score fifty five sixty, I think you say I'll say okay, yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured. And if you know, and if it's a nail biter down at the end where you're up like fifty five to like forty six with you know like seven or eight minutes left in the game, I might be like, oh man, here we go again. So, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, again, yeah. uh, I think. You know, the vibe you got from those guys is... They're very motivated, they're, they're, I'll say that, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like you said, we've got to just see what happens. I mean, I think I totally agree with what you just said, though. I mean, even after two games, that's why I can't even predict the score. I don't know. I mean, all what here's the only thing we know about the team is that the offense is really good. And even, even then, at times, that offense, you know, you still had Pat reverting to things that were out of his character. And they I still mean, scored 55, those, yeah. Yeah, the, and those were the two worst interceptions I've ever seen him throw, you know what I mean? Because he was forcing, he was trying to, and, it, and people, some people were like, well, those were terrible throws. I was like, well, because he's trying to force something. He needed, yeah. And he knew he was trying I, to force something. Yeah. You know, I, I think that um, even on offense, as crazy as that is to say, there's things that we haven't seen. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, and, and they could have scored I guess, seventy. Like, like if they if they didn't have yeah. a couple plays go the wrong way, that's a seventy point game offensively. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll see. But I think that's a good segue to go into kind of what we wanted to wrap up the podcast with, and right. and that is uh, what's up with the Big Twelve, right? I mean, because. Yeah. It's off to a bit of a rocky start, and this and I, past weekend really, you know, Oklahoma losing obviously is not good in week one against Houston. However, um, last weekend was bad. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe that's the one thing if you're tech you feel good about. You're like, well, hey, you know what? Maybe nobody else is going to be any <laughs> good, so maybe uh, you know we'll do all right. Yeah. But, uh, um, but I, I would say as far as Oklahoma State, there you you. No matter, I know they're going to get mad and complain about the call, but Mike Gundy, I will give him a ton of credit after that game. He handled that very well and said, look, we had no business be the game being that close in the fourth quarter. Right. Like he said, that's on us. So he was like, we should have lost the game anyway. So it, it's just one of those things where that tells me a lot about where this Oklahoma State team is on offense. The fact that they couldn't score 30 at home on Central Michigan says a lot to me. Um, the fact that TCU could not move the ball on Arkansas until they absolutely had to in the fourth quarter says a lot to me. And like, because I don't know how much of that game you got to watch, Matt, but Arkansas basically just sat on them for the first three quarters and TCU couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. I didn't really get to watch a lot of it. I wanted to. Arkansas Um, dominated it until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was, I don't know, I was cooking dinner and yeah, doing you. some other stuff. But, yeah, because we had the, the 9 o'clock start time yep, for Tech. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, I wanted to watch more of it, and I had assumed that that, that is what happened. But even just talking about that, I mean, I know we don't want to rehash it, but even just talking about that game, right, when you're looking at going into the fourth quarter, it's 20-7. to 7. I mean, that is and a it football felt, score. it felt like an unsurmountable 20-7, to 7 too. Sure. Yeah. But then it's like twenty to seven after four minutes in the tech game. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just they're two completely different games. And you've got for me, I mean, and not like this is some big deal, but every national college football writer you can talking think about of, it, yeah. if the only time they're talking about Texas Tech is that wow, you know, this doesn't even look like football, you know, that's not good. And yeah. so uh, anyway, that's I guess that's the last thing I'll say about that. But yeah, I mean. You know, it did seem insurmountable. They ended up pulling it out at home and, and tying it up. But I mean, kudos to Arkansas. That took some. That took a, a big pair to, to go yeah. in there, yeah, to and do it the way they did. And I just, you know, uh, good for them because I know under uh, uh, Bielema, what I've read this week is they've traditionally gotten off to slow starts. So yeah, uh, the, the first know. the first month and a half is usually pretty rough for them. Yeah, so we'll see what they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, so TCU lost. You mentioned Oklahoma State. Baylor uh, played. Think, Baylor honestly didn't play that well against SMU. No, I did watch. Yeah. I did watch some of that game, and and uh, I'm going to see those guys. They're um, they're here against Rice on Friday night, so I'm going to see them, and they'll probably win that game too. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, the defense at times was there was huge holes on offense. It really wasn't as crisp they couldn't move as, the ball. Yeah, very much. Yeah, so. and and it just it was more of like a. 
you know, talent difference or, you know, one of those types of deals in the long term. And, and even SMU didn't have their starting quarterback. So there's just a lot of different things that go into some of these games. But all that being said, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me. I mean, I need to I need to take better notes maybe so that when we have these conversations next year, we'll be like, well, hey, remember, <laughs> yeah. remember after week two next yeah, year yeah. when – tech look like a giant piece of crap yeah you know whatever and then well no and then just around the conference though like the headlines of week two you know we it's might look at those turd, yeah in week eight and be like yeah oklahoma lost that week one game but maybe it turned out houston was pretty good and it, that was their weekend they ended up beating ohio state at home and they climbed back in up the ranks right and yada yada texas was number 11 but you know they uh they asked the bed in in california right whatever right, yeah, like, yeah we don't yeah. know and so uh, there's just so many things left to be said. But, um, yeah, that about the Big 12 right now, that's the weirdest part is at the end of the day, and I, don't, I know that they didn't play well, but at the end of the day it's crazy that, like, Baylor still has, like, a really, I mean, a puncher's chance at, like, you know, beating some of these teams. They could beat a TCU. Yeah. They could beat Oklahoma State. And then that puts them right at, like, three or four at the end of the season. And so, you know, that's that's how talented they are. Um, but you know, I guess what I'll remember about the headlines is is just that the fact that right now nationally the Big Twelve is you know everybody's kind of planning the funeral. You're in fifth and, place out of five yeah, in the Power Five, yeah. Yeah, and 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 that, but also while the same writers are saying that, the same writers are saying Texas is back less than three or four days yeah. earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and now they're number eleven, and oh well, they have a chance at a championship this year. Well. Really? They haven't left Austin. They yeah. haven't played a game on the road. They haven't played a conference opponent. Um, we don't know how good Notre Dame is. So anyway, I mean, all that no, stuff. Agree, yeah. All that stuff's going to be kicked around. But for me, I mean, I think if you're, I mean, me personally, I don't care. So if you're listening, you know, don't judge us. Like I'm not like following the Big Twelve games and hoping that they're nationally predominant. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but if you are somebody that does care about that or have an opinion about that, I think you have to root for Oklahoma this weekend because if you don't then they lose and I mean really who is who is the team that could emerge or get any sort of national presence it would have to be Texas and then you just have to be okay with Texas you know being the Cinderella again I guess but I just don't see them putting that together that type of season I could see three or four teams with two losses here's the thing with Texas and This happens every single year with some team in the first three weeks where every national sport – and it's like clockwork, man. And I'm not saying that Texas isn't going to be really good because I agree. I have also been very impressed with them offensively. I haven't been super – whenever I look at, you know, what Notre Dame did to their defense, it makes me have a lot of pause about what that defense is really going to be this year. Um, Also, at at some point – no matter how good your offense is, and this will happen to Tech at some point too, you're going to have some game or two or three games where your offense just has a down week, and that's just a part of offense. Like, like there will be some some point when they just are not firing on, on all cylinders. And if that comes against Baylor or that comes against Oklahoma State or that comes you know in Lubbock against Tech, what happens in one of those games? You know, do they get run out of the building? Do they, you know, how do they kind of handle that? Because there are all sorts of laws of averages throughout a season that, that kind of tells you what a football team is. And so far from Texas, all we've seen is really good and really good. So I, I just don't know. I, I just think that at, with a true freshman at quarterback, you're going to, he's going to have a bad game at some point. Um, I know that um, oh, what's, uh, Deontay Foreman is, is kind of banged up, right? They're running back, so... I don't follow it that closely, okay. but I, I I do agree with where you're going with it. You know what I'm but saying. But all I'll say is that as soon as you said that, I was just going to interrupt and say, well, guess what? Ever since the format of the Big 12 changed, nobody's gone undefeated. So especially a team that hasn't played outside of their home stadium in two games um, and is not even played a conference game or a ranked you know, or I'm sorry, not ranked, but a, you know, a conference opponent like an OU or one of these other games – it's hard for us to yep. to say that, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that's to me. I think that would just be generic sports talk guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. you know. I mean, that's what yeah, everybody yeah, else yeah. is doing, right? And I mean, and and I thought about it this way. You know, everybody would hate on a Herb Street or everybody. You know, t- I'm just using that as an example, right? But there's ten or twelve of them 
uh, on Twitter or on the you know ESPNs of the world, and those are the guys we're talking about that are on one hand saying, "Oh, the Big Twelve is you know not what it used to be, and it's not a national power." But hook them, but man, oh Texas is back. You better watch. You know what I'm saying? So Which are also the same guys that before the season were talking about how TCU was going to be a defensive powerhouse again, and they're giving yeah, up points I by mean, the barrel. So lots of grades of slaw, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, lots of grades but, uh, of slaw. Correct. Yeah, but but. But yeah, I mean that's the point. Is like, I mean, you know, take it for what it is right now, and um, and see what happens. But that's that's the funny thing about this season is I think, and and I know we just got saying, got just got done saying that, you know, yeah, after three games, I think we'll be able to safely make some, you know, opinions. You can make some at least, team, yeah. et you know, et cetera. But I, I think that I am very solid in saying that after watching Arizona State. It, it was not what any of us expected. No, clearly. that's a good football team. They know how to, they know how to play offense. Sure, but uh, but also I think that uh, I think you're going to go every regardless of what happens Saturday. Let's be honest. You're not going to make any conclusions or say, oh, they're definitely going to beat Kansas State now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so you know I I think that every weekend is going to be like. Oh man, I just okay. I hope we, you know, okay. The offense is going to score points, and then after that, I mean, gosh, we don't know what's going to happen, you know. So no, I um, agree. Yeah, for it's sure. uh, it's going to be a roller coaster. It is going to be a roller coaster uh, of a season, not just tech, but for the Big Twelve. Before we get out of here, you got uh, anything else? No, man. I've been listening to that Travis Scott new album like nonstop. I love it. <laughs> not oh, not that one. <laughs> no, that's not that's that. the old one. Yeah. You're way old school. Man. I know. But uh, that's oh, about it, though. Really, yeah. and narcos, lots of narcos. I gotta get caught up on my narcos. I have been watching. Watch I, I have been watching uh, Atlanta. You watched that yet at all? No, no. I've got that on the DVR. If you like uh, Donald Glover, uh, you'll be a big fan. So no, I've heard. I've heard good things. You got to understand. Uh, you've been to my house, Will. Yo, I uh, know how it TV works. is yes. not mine. From Correct. you know about. Five thirty to to nine thirty. Not your domain. And after that, I have to be very strategic about what I watch <laughs> when I'm about able to watch TV. No doubt, I uh, I get it. But uh, but yeah. So once again, thanks so much for listening, guys. This was the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. See ya.